can we have like a trans like colored venator ship and then yeah down assist and then all the clones that like work on that on ship are specifically the that's why we don't see yeah them. they're all the trans clones no. with the trans colored armor Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPaul's Pod Race, the queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos, slightly delayed. We hope you enjoyed our bonus episode. And if you haven't read the High Republic books and comics and listened to our new episode yet, you should. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. My social media pretty much everywhere is the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is, hi, Omega just drove me here. <laughs> I imagine that being I... like the scene from Parks and Rec where he's like, she drove me here. <laughs> Call Omega Olivia Rodrigo because she got her driver's license. Oh my god. (laughs) Get her out of here. Get Olivia out of here. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media pretty much anywhere at Ollie Fresh, and that's fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is, in the words of Gregor, plebe, derogatory. (laughs) When she said that, I went insane. (laughs) I literally went fucking insane. Also, the I don't know. The fucking pigeon and being like, you plebe. Like he has this weird crack to his voice. And I was like, please stop. Please it's leave me alone. He's epic. Is this the first instance of somebody saying like plebe in Star Wars? Like it kind of set me. It made Did me this feel just crazy. canonize the Roman Empire in Star Wars? Um, hey, I would just like to say that, um, Ali, the time has finally come. We <gasps> had the same gender this week. Um, so with that, I guess my name is Mel. I use they them pronouns. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex, and my gender is stolen. Like Hunter, I guess. I they, there's no joke there. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, oh my god, we knew it was coming. I cannot believe that it ended up being Gregor related. I'm Jess. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jessio, and uh, my pronouns are they them. And this week, my gender is um, Lama Sue's clone alpaca Sue. What? Wait, like an actual like alpaca? Llama versus alpaca. Llama. I can't fucking stand it here. I am upset, shocked, betrayed, entering my Sith era over last last time we recorded. They were like, "Oh, what would make you turn to the dark side?" Fucking this. This is what turns me Alpaca to the dark side. turns me to the fucking dark side. I will say, I feel like that actually turned me to the light side. That was a very good joke, Jess. Lama Sue maybe passing away uh, made me go like, well, they just maybe they just clone him, and uh, his clone will be Alpaca Sue. Hi, my name is Claudia. Uh, my pronouns are she/her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says with a K K A L U D I A says. My gender of the week is um, Techio Drift. That man, uh, he has a need for speed. And every, he's, it's become a thing now where he does, he does some maneuvers. Um, Tech entering his dom from, uh, his dom from Fast and the Furious. Tech entering his dom era? No. I don't want to see that. Not like that. I don't want to see that at all. Ollie was saying something that made a lot of sense, as in like, are you talking about like the meme, like, when you're like, like he's well so here's the thing dom drives very fast cars which i know from all of the fast and the furious movies i've seen but he also apparently cares a lot about family so what i think is actually I think tech's like the opposite because hunter was like leave and he was like okay no <laughs> actually he wasn't he wasn't though i he know didn't actually we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it here's the thing 
um, I hate to start from the end, but Tech did look over at Echo to be like, should we leave? Like he, he hesitated on the thing. He was like, um, what? Like he, he like, he hesitated. I saw like a gif of it. Like he looked at Echo and he also like hesitated on the thing. And he was like, I guess before he went like, well, yeah. Because the the person the the per- next person in charge is Echo. He's the most the h- highest ranking of that group of people. So Tech looking over to him to being like, okay, last chance, bestie. Are we are we going or not? Are you, yeah. Are you gonna override like Hunter's orders and say no, we're staying, or what's going on? I do think like <laughs> Echo would like think about it more practically. Like yeah, if we stay any longer, we are gonna get killed. So let's go get reinforcements. Let's go get our buddy Rex. That's what I think Echo would do. This is also the exact same situation that I have been thinking about this whole week is where I'm like, they're going to get into a tough spot and be like, we cannot help because we do have a child with us. And we do need to get the child to safety before we can worry about the other adults. I will say also not to start from the end, but the scene in this episode that sent me the fucking hardest is when they're like, when Gregor was like, well, there's no way we can survive a fall off of this here cliff. And then Hunter proceeds to fall off of that fucking exact same cliff. By <laughs> definition. Every branch on the way down. By built definition, different. he is built different. Yes, Period. he's built different. Well, Should have is... broken every rib in That's... his fucking body. That is Bad Batch mutation. Very okay. hard bones. No, no, but let's talk Just like me. It. Oh my God. Stop. Hunter is immune to uh, bone hurt juice. <laughs> I was going to say somebody on Tumblr pointed out that like um, all these clones like Echo got blown up. Gregor got blown up. Hunter falls down all this stuff like all these different clones are simply built different. And then Fives like gets shot and it's like, oh, he passed away. Like, (laughs) I'm so sorry, Fives. Does that not also happen to Gregor and Rebels? Like he's like, I'm built different until he's not. I would just like to say. That the literal second that he stepped on screen, I was like, damn, that's the ugliest fucking outfit I've ever seen a Star Wars character in in my fucking life. It's because he didn't have, like, his, like, pauldron parts to his armor. Yeah, it was just like that. Well, it was like, he, yeah. had, he, had, like sp- he had, like, spaghetti straps and then the world's, like, most full coverage tank top. And I was like, damn, Gregor, your tits. Gregor is trying to be modest. I know the end was a lot, but we could go kind of bring it back to the beginning. Um... The one thing that I was not expecting from this episode that we saw, um, Rex was like, hey guys, um, that was so exciting. I was like, oh my God, Rex is back. And then I was like, oh no, Rex is back and we're some, I know something's about to go down. Rex in his fulcrum era, I was like, there he is. There it is. It's happening. It's happening. Like, also yeah. people were theorizing he's that he's on Onderon and I was like, I'm just I I'm I'm hoping. Yeah, I was curious to hear what like other people thought he was up to that was so pressing that he could not go save Gregor himself. He's saving Wolf. Well, so here's the thing. There have been so many different theories about what he's been doing, and I personally don't think that he was saving Wolf or Cody because I know a lot of people have talked about that being potential and I love that. But I also feel like if that's what he was doing, it, it just seems like it would be a really odd coincidence if Wolf or Cody was getting out and then Gregor was getting out at the exact same time. If Wolf had been like, hey, you need to go save Gregor, he's going to escape at the same time or something. Like, that's the, it just seems so convenient. Like, I do think maybe he's working with, like, another rebellion, like, Onderon, and he's just 
chilling with Saw, like helping civilians and maybe like they were having a moment and <laughs> they were having date night. He was like, uh, we just put on old. I can't leave now. Not old. Sorry to be the contrarian where I don't think Rex is on Onderon. I don't think he's hanging out with Saw. I'm sorry to all you Rex Saw shippers the out Rexa there. Rex Saw among us. <laughs> like, I don't know how like really involved Rex is with the rebellion, especially since like in Rebels, when you we do see um old Rex, um, he didn't seem like he really ever got involved with the rebellion until that moment when he's an an old man with uh his old besties gregor and wolf so i don't know what he was doing but i yeah again i don't think he's with andron i don't think we're ever going back to andron i'm sorry besties i don't think we're seeing Sakurera ever again but i will say um I do think I do think he's involved in the rebellion because I've been I've been watching a lot of rebels because various friends are are watching it so I've been rewatching like seasons one and two like a bunch and it's like Rex has all this information and like knows all these people all around just like randomly it could he could just be like bopping around trying to find information like trying to make connections like trying to figure things out you know making friends networking you know whatever he's doing or like he could be it could be anything like that and i do think like because when we see him again in rebels he's very much like i'm just about protecting my brothers or something like i feel like there's got to be something that happens where he's like clearly i had i just need to protect my brothers and fuck all of y'all the republic is dead or some kind of thing but i do think he is working there is no rebellion, but he's gathering intelligence of some kind. Yeah, um, I would also say that maybe that this is the type of moment where, like, Cody could be, Co- him and Cody could be working together. Not necessarily to, like, do, to do rebellion things um, in, in the most, like, you know, actually part of the rebellion type moment. Um, but because in this episode, um, we see that scene where Tech is, like, the clone code didn't work, but then later in Rebels, which this could have just been a small continuity error that they just didn't remember, um, where Rex is like, yeah, Cody and I made all these codes to, like, get into the Empire. That could just be that they two, not as clones, as clone troopers working for the Republic doing it, but Cody and Rex, besties at large, hacker- hackers, to, like, get that information into the, the Republic, or the Republic, the Empire, for later um and the idea of cody like of something happening to cody in this time period and that is what pushes rex to like be like actually i'm gonna enter my dominic toretto era family is the most important thing peace out mr robot cody i can't i i will say this uh we know from episode seven that rex is working to are working with republic allies in some capacity because he did say that that's what he'd been doing was fighting for the republic so we know that he's involved in some degree of proto-rebellion and like claudia was saying maybe that is just an intel thing but it's also possibly like small rebel cells uh, i love rexa very dearly but the likelihood of him being on onderon specifically is really low personally i can think of like maybe two scenarios where that works out but i do like mel's idea that he's just like out with cody somewhere getting shit done that said i would hope that they would show us that and not just sort of like hint that he was there so i'm just saying if the next episode is about cody i will not complain 
I am also going to bring back Bail Organa as well because when we see Bail Organa in the beginnings of Rebels, like, Bail Organa is doing the same thing where he's gathering information on all of the Rebel cells to see how to connect them all together. And I feel like, and obviously that's far later, but I feel like if they're at this level of intelligence gathering stage or figuring out what the playing field is, um, and Rex is working with Baylor, like that, that would make sense to me. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that there's a lot of possibilities right now and not to be the person who's like, we won't know until it happens. But truly, I'm going through, I think that this is a terminal Star Wars fan. This is a symptom of being a terminal Star Wars fan is you come up with all of these theories and all of these ideas. So you are inevitably disappointed by whatever happens. Um, which is very funny, but also like, I think very true. And I think that's true for a lot of like big fan bases. Um, not to say that there aren't ever like legitimate uh, criticisms of when franchise media has like lazy writing or whatever, but I do feel like I'm trying not to speculate quite as much because I don't want to be let down when it's inevitably like Rex has just been like, Rex is like, yeah, I was in a fist. I was in a fist fight at a bar. I was just hanging out. Like if to, that is to happen, I will lose my marble. To, to be fair, we also have been right a bunch of times. <laughs> I think I actually have figured out what Rex was doing this entire time. Um, because we didn't see his head, he was actually bleaching his hair. And so he couldn't leave the house. Get the fuck out. Rex, I love oh, the no. idea that Gregor was like, yeah, I'm in like mortal peril and Rex is fully like in the shower and he's like, I'm washing out my first go round of this right now. So I'm actually he's not really in the busy. He's not in the shower. He's in the gas station bathroom. <laughs> no, no, Rex, Rex in his gone hair. girl era. Exactly. Actually, here's the thing. Here's Amy the Dunn as Rex. Here's the Wait, can Rex, do, can Rex do the cool girl monologue in a small painted room? Uh, oh here's, my God. Okay, here's the concept. Rex is not currently bleaching his hair. He just did it and he forgot to get toner. So it's like yellow. And he's like, I can't <gasps> let Gregor see me like this. Hey Hunter, can you please take the boys to go get Gregor? Cause he's gonna laugh at me. Can we um, talk about Hunter again for a moment Always. when Rex is like, hey, can you go help my my boy? Thanks. And Hunter being like, eh, I, don't, I don't know about that besties. But finally Echo getting some, some good Echo content here with Echo being like, no. We're gonna, we're gonna help Echo. Rex's friend because I trust Rex and Rex is my friend and I want to help Rex and what the fuck's wrong with you, Hunter? I was actually really thrilled because the last few episodes, my main complaint has been, do the writers realize that the rest of the Bad Batch besides Hunter and Omega like exist and are characters? And I think they made a really smart decision in literally being like, Wrecker and Omega, stay inside. They put them in a cardboard box for this episode and they sent the other, I wish that they had done Hunter and Omega stay inside. So we would have got like some more record content because we get so much Hunter and like, I don't care about this this man and his mullet, like whatever. But I loved seeing Echo like have agency and stand up for himself and also be like, I am a person with feelings and a backstory that would deeply inform why I'm very big on rescuing my brothers from situations like this. And I also liked that he wasn't like, um, we have to go rescue Gregor because like, this is the better thing to do for like the rebellion or for the galaxy. He genuinely was like, this is just the right thing for us to do as a group of clones. And this is something for my friend who I trust and it's more important than money. And it was like, oh my God, Echo, where have you been the whole show? I loved that, like come back. I did like their whole conversation of like showing them actually debating about that with 
Hunter being like, no, and and Tech agreeing with Hunter because being like, oh uh, yeah, we need to do this job because you know money and food. And I did think the person who was the most relatable in that whole scene was Wrecker because Wrecker's like, oh, you, you know, Echo has a point. Oh, wait, no, Tech has a point. <laughs> and then Omega's The way that I actually like, like genuinely laughed at that scene. Yeah, I, I was like, wow. That's the show in a hot minute, but I was like, wait, why is this like funny to me? Yeah, I did uh, feel very like, wow, I, I do actually relate to Wrecker because I'm also like that where just like someone says something, I'm just like, they have a point. And another person has a counter point. I'm just like, they also have a point, damn. I think um, something else that I really liked about Echo's little moment. Um, first of all, you know, I have been advocating for if anything happens to Hunter, Echo takes over and leads because no one else is equipped to do it. Um, but I find myself, um, I've complained about Hunter's characterization a little bit and saying like, come on, dude, like, let's get involved. But I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think one of my problems with the Bad Batch is just that I wish they would have a couple more scenes of them talking stuff out. Because I realized when Echo was like, hey, this is what you guys did for me, which hit me deep in the heart where he said, if you guys hadn't come done this for me on Skako Minor, I would still be in there. And then they were like, oh, well, we, we do like you. Which would be very funny because in this case, if Hunter dies, then Gregor replaces him in the bad batch. Um, but the other thing I was thinking is Hunter is acting in the interest of his squad and is acting in the interest of the fact that they do have a child with them. Because I'm like, if I were to be in charge of a child, I would put the safety of the child paramount to literally anything else. I just wish that they would talk about it. Like, I just wish that if Echo was like, hey, dude, we kind of got to do this. And Hunter was like, but we have a kid on the ship. We can't risk our lives doing this. And then Echo to be like, well, you know, you did that for me. Like, I just think that would be nice. And it's the same thing with the like, let's not forget about Crosshair. Because I know they are thinking about him, but I would just like to see them every once in a while and be like, dang, I miss Crosshair, <laughs> you know? Or like say why they hadn't yeah. thought about him. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I thought that the scene where Echo was like, that's what you did for me. That was very powerful. See, it's one of those things where it would be fine if they were showing and not telling us that information, but because they are not showing us that kind of, like, that introspection of, like, oh, shit fucking sucks, um, like, especially, like, regarding Crosshair, um, I think, like you said, it's just vital that they're having those conversations, and I, I completely agree that I wish... I I understand this is a, a children's television show, so there does have to be action to, to keep a, the attention spans you know, present. Um, but also it is just nice to have, have people talking and having these adult conversations about these big things um, as a way to understand them. I think also on that note of like showing, not telling, I feel like pretty consistently the way that they show us that the Bad Batch is like worried for Omega's safety, at least to me, they seem kind of like irked when they have to protect her from things. Like they'll, they'll be like, don't run over there. That's a really bad idea, but like not because we care about you and you're a child, but because like, can someone get this kid a leash? Like if they were gonna show us that like, like in the Mandalorian, they show us that Din cares about Grogu based, like he literally jumps into the fucking ocean to save that kid. Like then that's never felt as an annoyance thing, but sometimes I'm like, do you guys actually like her? Like I know Wrecker does, but I'm like, how does Echo feel about Omega? We never know. I would actually say Tech cares about Omega. Like there are several moments. Yeah, like there's situations where you see they do all care about Omega. So Claudia, yeah, I I agree. 
I, I, like, I love, I really like Tech's little moment where, like, Omega's, like, having one of those moments driving, and Tech was like, it's okay, I've got it, it's okay, like, I was like, wow, very relatable, um. I, I like the moment in the beginning of the episode, too, before um, they get the call from Rex, and you see, you know, Hunter doing his little um, fun knife twirl, and Omega, who's trying to fix Gonky, just sees him and imitates him, and it it did look like Hunter, like, you know, sees her doing that, and is just, like, proud um, dad, big brother moment, where he's just like, nice kid, T- keep working on that, you'll get it soon. <laughs> Well, I think it's the difference between when I said like the the like brothers dynamic versus the like you are my dad dynamic is like the brother dynamic is like Obi-Wan and Anakin and Anakin and Ahsoka um and and they're more like that rather than like Kanan and Ezra or Din and Grogu or that kind of thing. Again, Dave, Jennifer, we only know how to write one one or two stories. Now two, two stories. Um, the two stories are Master and Apprentice and Master and Apprentice, but they are clones instead of Jedi. Um, but yeah, I want to say another thing um, that we did see that I think was so powerful um, is Wrecker and Omega dealing with a crisis while not being there and Wrecker being like, yeah, I'm just kind of preparing and Omega being like, I am having a panic attack. And we got to see a Lula cameo, which... Wondering she was she having was. she was having one of those moments she's like i'm having she was the pacing like i was like this i was like this kid has an anxiety disorder like look what you've done you've taken to a me. perfectly good child and given it anxiety um i feel like even if you didn't have an anxiety disorder in that moment you would probably still be quite well, upset yeah, if yeah. someone was like hey your dad's about to die i'd probably also be like that's no good yeah, that moment with Wrecker and Omega, how the second Hunter like contacts them, just like, oh yeah, you know, we gotta go in. Like it's a bit more complicated than we thought it was gonna be. And Omega being like, okay, we're we're coming as like backup, hold on. And then he's just like, no, no, you and Wrecker still like stay in, in the fucking ship. We'll like contact you when we get out because we're gonna lose signal. But yeah, like just stay put. We need you as like backup. And Omega's still freaking out like oh i just want to help my my brothers my family and rector's just like yeah chill out kid don't worry (laughs) the real dom toretto was the bad batch we made along the way omega being the dom toretto of the bad batch yeah like i said omega played by vin diesel no (laughs) shut up i can't i can't wait fantastic is later fantastic is later i can't believe you've already guessed one who's the rock me we'll talk about Wrecker. that later we'll actually talk about that later in fantastic um anyways um, um, uh, so there was obviously there was a lot happening in this episode um i i also say i felt like a big dummy and i should be gatekept because they said gregor's cc number and i did recognize it but i didn't re- remember who it was and i was like it's gotta be somebody it's gotta be somebody but i i didn't until they did it and actually it was my partner who was like well it's gotta be like gregor or wolf and i was like oh well it's not wolf because it doesn't have a scar so it's gotta be gregor um but can we talk about 
about, like, Gregor's chip? Like, again, is he simply built different because his chip just don't, doesn't work? Or I, I do believe that he's chipped. Uh, and the reason I think that is that there are literally zero scenarios in which he would have gotten de-chipped and still been at that facility. Also, in um, Explosion, in Rebels, explosion. they did say they removed his chip. Like he does have a Did scar they say that he, chip uh, removal surgery. Yeah, he said they all got the surgery, and he sh and he shows his his thing. I did see people on TikTok theorizing, like you know, when he got almost got blown the fuck up, much like with Echo, like it it did fuck with his chip. Um, but yeah, in Rebels, it does say that they did get like chip removal surgery, so maybe he's about to get the little whoop whoop, like when he he get gets with Rex. I I don't know, but like, are. Like, are they just one step away from playing Jedi Taboo and, and then we're back at square zero? Like I, first of all, I've never heard anyone say square zero in my entire life. So that's, uh, that's a new one for me. Uh, <laughs> second of all, um, I, I think that they're not like playing fast and loose with it. My first theory, and this is the less fun version, is that um, Star Wars writers are just fucking inconsistent and cannot make up a stable continuity to save their lives. So true. But my other... But my other theory is just that, like, like Ollie's been saying for, like, months now, I guess, I just forgot that it was them. Um, the chips are sort of a proximity bomb. And I don't think that as long as they're around other clones, like, we know from Hauser that they don't actually make them necessarily more obedient unless they get, like, supercharged, like, with, uh, what's his name? Crosshair? Um, like, I don't, Chris. so unless it's, like, supercharged, it's not going to make them, like, empire class obedient they're just like sort of there that's exactly the point that i was going to make i think we saw from hauser last week that even the clones who have chips still have some sense of identity and it really is like the proximity to jedi that causes them to be you know uh order 66-esque um, because Order 66 is not be compliant with the Empire, Order 66 is kill the Jedi and Jedi sympathizers. Um, and I think with, we saw that with Wrecker when his chip went off, it really only affected him when they were saying like, here's all the Jedi stuff that happened. Um, but I really do think that we are seeing this is the reason why we are replacing the clones this is the reason why we are moving to enlisted soldiers is because the clones are not obedient to the empire or they're not loyal to the empire, they're loyal to the Republic. So they see what's going on and they're like, um, as long as they were like, like the, the empire probably realizes like the clones, now that the Jedi have been gone for a while, the clones are gonna start to be like, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> because the chips can only go so far. Yeah, what was War Mantle but a project to see were the clones docile enough to follow just orders blindly and the the answer is no most of the time um when it, when pressed they will go and do the right thing i think that uh part of that too is what what i think what the what palpatine specifically didn't anticipate is that the clones were given a pretty big freedom of individual expression during the course of their existence in the war which is a hard thing to just turn off and erase like there's still people, they're just people who follow orders. Uh, and I, I think that's a very interesting difference to explore. Once again, Star Wars explore clone identity, please, I'm fucking begging you. But um, I think with the chips, we have to stop recognizing them as a useful plot device until there's a Jedi or Jedi adjacent character 
um, around them because otherwise, if, or, or at least I'll say this, if they played a role in the clones' interactions with other non-Jedi characters, we would know by now. This is like the third set of interactions we've had with a non-main character clone or, you know, RIP like Gregor and Rebels, but um, like he is not really a, like a star of the Bad Batch and neither is Hauser. And in both of those cases, the chips have not been a plot point whatsoever. Like, I think if they were a bigger deal, they would have had fucking what uh, that fruity little uh, general from Empire Rampart. They would have had Rampart be like, oh, hey, Hauser's chip is not doing what it's supposed to do if that were a thing they wanted us to focus on in this story. And I, I think that what they have said in the narrative is that Crosshair got supercharged and that is why he is following orders blindly. Yeah, I think that that's exactly why. I almost think that one of the reasons that they want to showcase clones who are chipped, who are still not doing bad stuff, is Crosshair, I know, is supercharged. So that is something to consider. But the other thing is there are clones who are not supercharged, who are chipped, who are still saying, hey, this is bad and wrong when it doesn't involve Jedi. So it's almost as though they're setting up saying, hey, um, not that Crosshair is fully himself right now, but like there is still some sort of agency. It's almost like there's something there. I just don't know what it is. Like I would like for them to get just a little into it. And hopefully in this next episode, we will get to see a bit of Crosshair from Crosshair's point of view with Hunter being like, hey, bestie, why did you think that this was okay? And then Crosshair being like, oh, actually, no, you I have a, I'm having, a, I'm having a cognitive dissonance. I would just like to see a little bit of Crosshair being like, here's what is going on in my mind. And is it just like mush? Like, what's the vibe? To add to that, and then I will let the clone ship conversation uh, pull a Gregor and Rebels and die. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. What there the was fuck? a lot <laughs> one joke. I just had it in my head for a while. Um, but um, basically, I remember, well, I remember I'm remembering right uh, when Wrecker like went full tilt murder drone moment and his evil Baymax era. And the thing that I, I remember from that is literally as soon as the chip was was no longer like super duper active, he was like, I did a bad thing just now, huh? Like that was upsetting for everybody. And I just think that maybe that's part of why I'm like crosshair bestie. I know you're super chip, but the fact that you've made no attempt whatsoever to do anything different is a little alarming to me. Cause here's the thing. I don't fully believe that crosshair would be against the empire if he wasn't super chipped. Like remembering him from the Bad Patch arc, I was like, damn, he's kind of an asshole. No, you're absolutely right. Because he already was like, not, I'm not gonna say a stickler for rules because it was whatever convenienced him was what was, was okay and good. And so unless he is directly challenged with that um, and not supercharged, because we have not had that situation, he has not been presented that choice yet. Um, well, he kind of, he kind of has and he kind of has him, right? Because to some regard, um, his, the the scene with Omega in like the first or second episode where Omega's like, you don't want to do this. He, he could have done something, right? But also we did see how his chip did get activated earlier. So how is that influencing and coloring that choice? And that's what makes the whole like narrative around what the fuck is up with the chip a little bit more gray for me personally, because I'm like, okay, now listen, is Crosshair like an ex a, a, 
an exception to this rule. Yes, because in every regard, he's literally built different. But, like, I would love just some consistency as to what the fuck does that mean. I I think also, I, I think also, I think he... I think if he were to be, like, turned back or whatever, his chip removed, deactivated, whatever it is, because of the super chipping and how that, like, literally fucking fries your brain, I think, I think it would kill him. Like, we were talking about Cody, like, I'm not being a bitch. I'm like, but, like, I think, like, we were talking about Cody and how, like, oh, what if something goes wrong and we they remove the chip on somebody and it goes wrong, whatever. And they have said a couple times with the with the procedure with Rex and then the procedure with Wrecker, they were like, this could go wrong, whatever. You know, that thing has been soldered into his fucking brain at this point. Like, what if, you know, we, we never get to see him have the, the Wrecker moment of, like, oh, I, I did something very bad um, because he just he straight up eats it um because it has it has fully melted his brain um which would be kind of sad because i'd love to know what his individual choices would have been i also think like if we're going to speculate i i'm actually in the other camp where i think that um in a certain way i think he could definitely be dogmatic shout out to dogma uh i i think he could be dogmatic enough to almost be like rex even where he could be like, I am following orders, and the original order was to protect the Republic, not the Empire. And, um, you know, or, and because, you know, him following Order 66 or being like, hey, Hunter, shouldn't we? Whatever. Again, as, as Mel was saying, like, that was, that was his chip already a little tiny bit activated. I really do think that if, if it wasn't, like, he would very much be like, Hmm, that's not in our original directive. Um, that's not correct, love. Um, and he would be more, like, almost strict about it. I have a couple thoughts about this. Um, one thought I want to say about Crosshair is, like, yes, Crosshair was a dick. Um, and yes, Crosshair was my least favorite member of the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars arc. But I also think, like, Crosshair was also always questioning orders and was always like, I'm going to do things my own way, which makes me question if he would be interested in following an empire when they bring stuff down and are like, we are much more rigid. We are doing things a certain way. Were he not under the effects of the chip, I 100% believe he would have left with the Bad Batch and the whole time he would have been like, Hunter, your leadership skills suck, but not because he's like, I want to go back to the empire, but because he's just an antagonist. But, not crosshair like, I, and echo d- teaming up again <laughs> teaming up again hunter to be like stupid i ass. do not think crosshair uh-huh. would team up with echo he did not like yeah. echo <laughs> that is true um the enemy of my enemy is my I just, friend <laughs> i just think i don't know i have so many thoughts about crosshair um but i also did have a bit of a moment just now like a narrative moment where i realized that really what they do a lot is tend to be like this character is evil so we're gonna put them with the empire or for the like whatever the evil amalgam is for that sort of um show and I'm not saying like that there's any excuse for the empire but we see like in certain other pieces of media like the books they delve a lot more into this in multiple instances not to bring up Thrawn that is I think one of the biggest ones but there are a lot of other ones as well where they talk about the empire itself sucks the empire is doing horrible things and it is a fascist regime but there are people in that empire who do not see it that way and truly do believe that they are doing good. 
Um, and I, again, I am not sympathizing with the empire. There is no reason to, they are a fascist regime. But I think that that's interesting. And it almost feels like with Crosshair, it's like, well, he's bad, so he's gonna work with the empire. And I know that that's way more simple. And this the is example not would be what, Korsh Panaka? Um, is the example. For those of you who have read um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and um, it, it actually that that is the that is the prime example uh, is somebody who like became an imperial political official, something like that, and it, you know still is sort of a good person, um, but is not a good person because they work in the empire. Yeah, so. I mean, like characters like Eli Vanto, who are, you know. I, I don't know if Eli, because Eli is so willing to, like, to turn, to be like, goodbye, I think that is just a matter of, like, being brought into the military-industrial complex when you are a young person and you are indoctrinated as, into a society that is, like, pro this this fascist regime. But I think of characters like Ray Sloan, who, like, in A New Dawn, she thinks she's doing the right thing. And, like, by all means of, like, her working in the Empire, she's doing the right thing. Um, and so... I, I do think that there is like you know, I don't want to say heroes on both sides because I do not agree with that. There's I, nuance on both, but there sides. is nuance. Well, there's nuance with that. There's nuance with the empire. Not to yeah. not to be the person who says, well, the rebels were bad too. No, I <laughs> I think because I, I am not that I person. I think the difference somewhere is, is else. just the difference is that it, this is storytelling, and it's not like we, it's not like we are assigning them a morally high ground. It's that. We find those stories interesting and compelling to to see because those give us more depth about what creates oppression. In this essay, I will. Um, but, you know, it's not that we agree with them or whatever. It's that they are interesting and they deserve time to develop. Like, even at Arinda Price at one point, then she she's also a capitalist bitch, but whatever. I, not not to not to bring uh, legitimate real world politics into this podcast for like the eighteen thousandth time. Uh, however, the the question of who is legitimately complicit in a fascist system becomes a lot more complicated when we're looking at media because here's the thing, and honestly, the problem I have with Eli Vanto, and I do love Eli. I want to point this out. I do love him very much, but he's a character that we are always asked to like and we are never asked to question and so putting him in the in the army of fascists and putting him with Thrawn another like I love Thrawn Thrawn is unambiguously working for a fascist regime regime and no matter what good he does that's still something he's complicit in the creation and the advancement of 24 7 like Mans is always like yeah I'm gonna make the empire like better but better at what better at being the empire because that's kind of garbage. And I think the problem is that when we have a character like Crosshair, like Ollie was saying, that's like, oh, he's a bad guy. So he's going to be in the bad camp. It's complicated because the text does not ask us to like Crosshair. It objectively is like, this is a guy who we are already geared to not like, who's doing things we don't like. So it's very easy to say he's in the empire. But like, frankly, Eli Vanto is kind of a trash person for being in the empire at all because it still makes him a fascist and then he leaves. But like during the course of the Thrawn book, that is what he is. And I feel like we have to be aware of that. Exactly. Because he does, he has that moment where he's with Thrawn and it's like the, the scene with the, the, the slaves and he's like, Hey, like slavery's bad. And Thrawn's like, yeah, but it's what the empire asks us to do. Like, it's, don't worry about it. And Eli's like, Oh, okay. Okay, sir. And then yeah. continues on. 
I think that that's another perfect um, example of Star Wars, of the Empire being an allegory for Western imperialism, is because it's very much like, hey, we have, we're just going to kind of look away and imagine like, hey, this is kind of not happening. Um, and I, I'm not going to say like, oh, Eli was justified for doing that. But I also do very much understand the perspective of saying like, this bad thing is happening and I'm kind of aware that what we're doing is shitty, but I also feel like I'm doing more good than bad. And I think I would like to have seen more of his personal journey in the Thrawn book about him being like, hey, not the us going on sucks. A, not us but going I was on just, a rant about Eli Phantom. I was just about to get back to Crosshair, actually, um, because that is sort of the point, I think, with Crosshair is I think a lot of people would like for him to be a sympathetic character because his arc is almost, I don't want to say his arc is sympathetic, but what is happening to him is sympathetic. So it's like a lot of us as gay people, we all love Cody, and we have all been thinking about what's been going on with Cody. Like Cody was B BFFs question mark with Obi-Wan. Um, and then he just at the drop of a hat turns and shoots him off a wall, like, or authorizes shooting him off a wall. And it's like, I would have loved to see that with Crosshair of being like, these are my bros, love these guys, even though we disagree. And then having him be like, actually, I'm going to try to kill them. And I would really like to see that cognitive dissonance of being like, hey, what's going on here? And I think that's why people love Cody is the idea of him being like, he's questioning like, oh, there's so many like fan fictions and so much fan work about Cody post Order 66 being like, yo, what did I just do? Like, what is going on? This is not normal. That's really what I thought Crosshair was going to be like in the Bad Batch. Um, and I would still like to see, even if it's just one episode of him talking about it, I would like to see it. I do think um, one complication in my my Elo Vance analysis uh, and, and my understanding of Crosshair as a character as well is that it's very hard to deconstruct the allure of fascism when the characters that we like are not doing that. It's really easy to hate the Empire in, in Star Wars because pretty much all the characters that we are told by the text to sympathize with and like oppose the Empire. So why wouldn't you? But I think it'd be really interesting to have Crosshair as a character. And this is once again, where I get out of my soapbox and say, I kind of wish that the chip wasn't the reason he joined them in the first place. Because I, and I think it's like Inferno Squad in um, Battlefront are characters that are for the Empire. And then over the course of, of a different time are sort of like, hey, wait a minute. That is exactly but what happens there because um, Iden Versio was like, hey, we're literally about to destroy a planet that is still loyal to us. And they're like, well, that's life. And she's like, well, we shouldn't do this. But but so that I think is a much more compelling story because I, I think this this does play into some good writing though because Crosshair's narrative is kind of tragic because he is both a tool of the machine that's hurting people and a victim of it at the same time. And so as a result of that, it does kind of disappoint me that we haven't had any real time with him to explore what that means and how that feels. And maybe because it does seem like this show is gearing up for a season two because there's no way this is getting resolved in two episodes. But um, I, mean, I, I, I just I think... think that they would maybe touch on that or at least show us how he's feeling about this entire thing. That would make him a stronger character. I think, I mean, I think that's going to be the central conceit of, of the ending. And I think that's why it's going to fucking hurt. 
Um, I also think that, like, we thought, oh, like, maybe they'll all be chipped or, like, you know, it'll take a long time or whatever. And, like, they kind of wrapped up, like, Wrecker being chipped kind of early on. I have this feeling now that, like, maybe they might save Crosshair in the ending of this season or whatever. Um, And then we might have what you're talking about of, like, Crosshair having to, like, unpack and deal with everything because he's been he's been chipped and been controlled from the absolute jump and having to deal with all of that in the next season and then we're gonna have epic crosshair moments from then on because having him try to deal with it when he is literally super chipped is just not it's it's not gonna happen i i i do think that would be very interesting would be um you know what is it what is it like for him you know it's very to me it would be very much like seeing callus post um you know his turning to the rebels and like his deconstruction through that um and obviously it would it would be very different with crosshair um but that took a couple seasons with callus um so anyway i'm hoping they don't just kill him off um i think i think that would be interesting and i don't I don't think they will. I don't, I don't think they will, but. I mean, I think that that's a really good point um, about the idea that maybe it's a multiple season thing. We see Crosshair ask Rampart if he can go after the Bad Batch right after he watches Hauser's speech about, you know, even though we're clones, we're loyal to the Empire, we don't have to do this. He asked to go see the Bad Batch to go like look for them. And I've seen a lot of theories that Crosshair, like, maybe let Gregor escape so that he could get in touch with someone so Crosshair would have a reason to either get in contact with the Bad Batch or, like, get a read on where they might be. And that could be either because he's hunting them and actually trying to hunt them, but I also think there could be a situation in which, in this next episode, he's like, oh, hey, Hunter, um, I'm evil now and Hunter's like why and he's like I don't really know I don't feel right like something about this is wrong and I needed someone to tell me why it's wrong because I'm not feeling as I should and I think that that could be really interesting is having Hunter be like okay and also having Hunter who has been the most of the Bad Batch be the one who has stayed on the outside of the rebellion as much as possible have him be the one to have to explain to Crosshair why what he's doing is wrong from both a self-interest standpoint, but from a moral standpoint and from a universal standpoint, um, I would really, I think that that could be really interesting as him being like, I don't really know what's going on with me right now, but I don't feel like it's right. I trust you, question mark. I will say uh, one one other thing that we sort of know about the functionality of the chips when they're like this active is that sometimes strong personal bonds can sort of subvert their programming um, R.I.P. Obi-Wan and Cody, because I would think that that would do it, but whatever. Um, but with Rex and Ahsoka, I mean, we do see him like visibly struggle before starting to like shoot her to death. So I'm sort of wondering if interacting with Hunter will trigger Crosshair's uh, brain juice to be like, something's wrong here and I'm about to kill my brother slash one of my just very good friends and possibly be like, maybe murder is bad actually. Uh, I would also, though, be really down for Crosshair's petty revenge quest, where he asked to go after them because he was like, yo, fuck these people. They literally did nothing to try and help me for like six months. I mean, related but separate tangent, I would like to take one second to talk about the Kaminoans. Um, R.I.P., but also not R.I.P., like 
the fuck, Lamasu? Um, <laughs> obviously, like, okay, they- I'm sorry. With Lamasu, it's literally like, it's like Rampart ordering to kill Lamasu is like the worst person you know just made a great point. <laughs> literally, literally, it's, it's, it sucks, but, uh, so a thing that in Star Wars they never really address head on and that we've talked about before is that a part of what Palpatine used to demonize the Separatists and make the Empire seem attractive was uh, non-human xenophobia. Um, and the irony of it is that the Kaminoans who were working, who were creating the army for the Republic um end up kind of falling into that and it's it's almost like it's almost symbolic to me it was almost symbolic in a way because it was like yeah the last vestige um not only is the clones going into the stormtroopers but the last vestige is literally like they don't need any non-human contacts anymore like he literally had vader kill all of the all of the separatists and now they're 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 killing the kaminoans um and 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 also the irony the irony of the like, yeah, they see the clones who are fucking real people, um, you know, as tools to be disposed of as a product, and then they're disposed of themselves. Um, that was it, it. Was really it was really interesting to me. It was it was it was a lot, and I, I think it has it has many layers. I do like not like. I think it's interesting though how he did keep. Nala say around because you know he's like a scientist like you know I I find useful but I have no need for a politician goodbye Lama Su you're now being executed Uh, also we don't really know if Lama Su has been um off but it did seem to imply that they were offing him goodbye (laughs) we'll see alpaca soon so um this is my favorite theory um and every time I'm proven right um I I love being right um so just as a quick refresher it begins with the children of the force arc in the clone wars and then in the bad batch we have omega and now we have nalase being taken into the hands of the empire to be of some sort of use and then in rebels we have the future of the force where they're trying to steal children again and then we have um them trying to use the grogu blood to clearly create force sensitive clones and people notice the kaminoan symbol on the imperial remnants um uniforms um and then they have very similar to the snoke tanks um and then we have palpatine clone and then we have ray ray skywalker this is the pipeline um again it was just it was just another piece it was just another piece in the pipeline and i truly i truly admire when people are like, oh, you know, Dave Filoni's going to decanonize the sequels. Dave Filoni is going to do what he always does, which is make, like, go to acrobatic fucking lengths to make sense of whatever bullshit they did in the movies. Um, and it's working, apparently. Um, and it was seeded from the beginning, apparently. And he's like, um, so I, I definitely feel like um, I've connected the dots. I really liked this episode. I think it finally got to a lot of the hard-hitting stuff because one of the things I was waiting for the whole season was Wolf and Gregor because I needed to know how Gregor survived. They still did not explain how he survived being exploded, but he was there, which I liked. Um, Simply built different the other thing i think like i'm really excited to see what happens next week like i'm genuinely really looking forward to it um 
I'm very worried that we are going to see the re-chipification of Hunter Bad Batch. Um, I don't know how likely that is, but I did have the fleeting fear where, you know how Omega is like, just because it worked on Rex doesn't mean it's going to work on Wrecker. I was having one of those moments where I was like, maybe it's a, the, they're trying to trick us into thinking she's talking about Crosshair and maybe it is going to be when they try to de-chip, re-chip Hunter and that is how he passes away. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I just want to put it out there in the off chance that it happens. He does have an overly sensitive, like, brain and stuff. Like, that, that is possible. Like, that's his whole thing. That is true. So not to hop on the uh, Hunter is a he, him, lesbian. However, that's just sort of like Ellie from The Last of Us. Like, what, what is Hunter if not Ellie from The Last of Us? Oh, um Get anyway out. for my for my for my actual final thoughts um one quick little aside I just had to say um is that at the discourse around the bad bouts for the last like like two episodes has been like oh it's the cameo show there are no real characters here I just want to show in other characters and here's the thing no and more importantly shut up um the thing about Thank having you, a cameo like this is that I, I think a cameo is like what happens in a Marvel end credit scene. These are just plot points. Um, it's important for us as viewers to know what happens to Gregor and to Wolf and how they actually get rescued. It's important to show us the characterization of the Bad Batch in taking actions like this. Like the entire plot line of the Sindula family informs the way that we read the clones as characters and we read this era of the galaxy as a whole. There's not, they're not putting it there just for funsies. A stupid cameo would be like, look, it's baby Din Djarin and he's in this facility for some reason. Actually like, get the fuck out. I would kill for that. Oh. See, but, but, but that would be a cameo. That wouldn't be a useful plot point. And I just, cause I know people are probably also going to be like, oh, they put Gregor in cause he's a character we know. And first of all, this is once again, confirming that Rebels is required reading for the Bad Batch, but perhaps more importantly, this really developed a lot of our characters. And it was important to have Gregor in particular as a vessel to do that. Um, you can't just have, you couldn't have shoved any clone here and had that happen. It was important that it was related to Rex and it was important that it was Gregor and or Wolf. Either of them would have worked, but that's what happened. And like Ollie, uh, I am for like the first time in a few episodes now, like genuinely excited to see what happens next week and sort of worried about it. So uh, I hope my favorite he, him, lesbian hunter makes it out. I, I hope he's okay. I hope he gets freed. Uh, Crosshair, I guess I hope things go well for you, but if they don't, you can choke. It's okay. Um, those are my thoughts. Um, on the topic of he, him, lesbian hunter, because I am legally obligated to weigh in, um, there is a video of Ming-Na Wen saying that she would date Hunter from The Bad Batch and that she thinks he's a stud. Um, anyway... What more must I say? Fenter stands. If you're out there, please contact me. Pack it up. We won. Um, I liked this episode. It was very pretty, um, visually stunning. Um, like like a lot of other people said, I am excited now for what is going to be happening. This conclusion is kind of where I thought the season was going to end, but also not. You know, it is what it is. Um. I'm excited to see where, what is going to happen next week. Thank you for goddamn saying that about the cameo thing, because um, 
Star Wars fans and fans of anything literally can never be pleased. It's it's literally like, oh my god, it's such a cameo fest. But then if it's like new characters, like in the first season of The Mandalorian, then people are like, like literally, why does it have to be new people? Like, why do I care? Like, and I'm like, bestie, I like I, you're exhausting. Like, can we not just can we not just have a good old fun time? Um, and the purpose of this show, they literally said, was to world build the period of the beginning of the empire they said that through the eyes of the clones and a specific group of clones that we have not spent a lot of time with um i i have been having a good time the entire time i also have been watching a lot of rebels lately and because i know that dave and now jennifer um write the same goddamn motherfucking show i have a lot of fear because i know what happens at the end of season one of rebels <laughs> i'm i'm very afraid um, but I, I had a really good time and, um, also really a big shout out to the animation. Like every new episode, I'm like, how much money do you people have? Jesus Christ. <laughs> to talk about cameo things again. I do think it is stupid that, uh, they only really started, um, re- getting pissed about cameos after, uh, Hera showed up. So it's just like, just. Uh, tell me that you so hate that women just tell me that you hate women Star Wars fans because you weren't saying shit until Hera showed up so fuck off um, but I I did enjoy this episode too I did watch it two and a half times I didn't finish the, the third time because it was like oh time to record uh, I yeah shout out to the animators because like Claudia said like damn every episode of the show has been stunning i love the small little details they throw in with things like uh lighting rex also has stubble. yeah rex Somebody is needs- stubble good good job on small details like that also really loved uh the republic commando shout out like things thank you for feeding republic commando fans and love seeing Scorch, although now I'm unsure if that really was Scorch because I saw something on Twitter where they're just like, oh yeah, a clone that looks like Scorch is how they described it on the, the Star Wars website or something with like all the fun pictures they post. Yeah, they had said so it just was like, like uh, a reference to Scorch. It was just like, like, that's, that's his armor though. Where is he? And we, and uh, I know Scorch did like, you know, join the Empire and was down to be part of the Empire from from friend of mine who is big scorch stan uh to be fair i mean also all of that is legends which was really you know it didn't have a lot of the what's yeah that's the true clones, um but I, the way we understand it now but it would have not, been really nice to see a member of delta squad <laughs> yeah uh republic commando spoilers but i do think scorch would have like reasonable like <laughs> It's, it's reasonable for him to join the Empire. He was pissed about uh, Yoda not letting him go save his, his bestie, Sev. R.I.P. Sev, I miss you. Um, fly high, and, Angel. Yeah, fly high, Angel, fly hiking. Uh, but I also, yeah, shout out to to Dave and, and Jennifer for being like, yeah, we have like one or, or two stories because Hunter had that um, epic Kanan at the end of season, uh, Kanan at the end of season one of Rebels moment, um, Rebel spoilers, but uh, Kanan was fine. He came out of that fine. So Hunter, I have hopes for you. For now.
For <laughs> these are numbers. You've got three seasons. No, but um, I worry about Crosshair because yeah, he's still super chipped, and we know what happened to to Quizzy at the end of season one of Rebels. Not, not Quizzy being a <laughs> not Crosshair being a Quizzy allegory. Yeah, R.I.P. Crosshair. R.I.P. Quizzy. Force Ghost Crosshair has to come in in season three. <laughs> yeah, Force Ghost Crosshair tells like Hunter, Force like, don't worry, Hunter. Force Ghost Crosshair promotes Hunter. Really loved this episode. It's very, very good. It's the only episode that I've seen more than twice. So, um, uh, my one complaint, and this brings us to, to Cody Watch, is. Uh, sorry, I got distracted by Noah putting on his his record helmet, and that that reminds me um, for Cody Watch. No one will see this because this is an an audio medium. This is audio medium, so you are going to be very like is, the audio sounds so bad in the Cody helmet. But it's so funny. <laughs> it, will, it will be really bad. How how do I sound in this? Do I sound bad? <laughs> Not I, I don't good. Know. Like Bane. Wait, can I enter my Bane yeah. era with this on? Hi, it's me, uh, Commander Cody. I was not here in this week's Bad Batch. This has been Cody Watch. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, Jess has just put on a printed Cody helmet, um, which was made by at Odin Actual on TikTok, um, which is why their audio is sounding like that right now. Hey, welcome fantastic um which is a segment wherein i name an actor or a series of actors and my co-hosts have to guess who they have been fan casted by by a real person on the internet um are we ready yes okay so we have we have some bangers today i'm kind of excited david Tennant. who do we think has he has been fan casted as ron no Okay, so they have not been mentioned yet today. Can you give us an era? Yes, um, prequel era. Wait, like a oh, like a recast? Yes, like this is just like someone oh. like they got fan casted, not is during it... that era, like when the movies were coming Plo-Koon? out. But... No, are they a member of the Jedi Council? <laughs> no. Dooku. Anakin. No, but you're closer. Maul. Wait, no. which one of us was Jess or me? Jess. Dooku. Sidious? No. The Separatist. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Lux Monterey. No. What's up? What's his name? Uh, One of the... the, Um, uh, Lot Dodd? (laughs) Yeah, Newt Gunray. (laughs) No. Newt Gunray played by David Tennant's very funny, though. Oh, like who the fuck is... No. General Grievous? Yes. Oh! <laughs> oh, that's why you had four pegs. Fuck off. That's actually not terrible casting. He would fucking kill that. I think I, he'd body I, it. I just think it's very funny. The idea Here's the thing, though. I'm not picturing, like, David Tennant voicing General Grievous. I'm picturing him in, like, a General Grievous Halloween mask. Being, like, <laughs> in his eye, General Grievous. Are you ready for the next that's- one? <laughs> Wait, him fighting him fighting you and McGregor would really be like Scotsman on Scotsman Cry. What that's just Highlander. Are you ready for the next one? Unfortunately. I'm so I'm ready. ready. Alright. <laughs> From NBC's Hannibal, 
Hugh Darcy. Dancy, not Darcy. No. Hugh, Hugh Darcy? I was like, Hugh Darcy, no. Hugh Dancy from NBC's Hannibal. Um, is it a Jedi? Yes. Luke Skywalker? Oh, no. One. No. What era? Okay. Is it still like... Prequel era. Okay. They, Anakin. No. Hip Fisto. Are, are no. They, can I ask a goddamn question? <laughs> are they a character who is already cast in live action? Yes. Are they... So I assume this... Okay, so this is a recast. Were they a member of the Jedi Council? No, but they... Never mind. I can't say what, what the... Quinlan and Boss? No. Are they human or, or non-human? Not the whitewashing of Quinlan no! Boss! It is not oh, wait, are they are they human or non-human? Human. Yarl Poof. Oh, he's not human. He is not human, bestie. He's human to well, me. Talk about that fucking Q-tip. Okay. I can't. Um. Okay. So they're not. Are they in the movies? Yes. Anakin? No. Who's a human Jedi who's in the way? I almost just said Depa Balaba, and then I realized she's on the council. Like that's the only problem with you, Dancy playing her. <laughs> You dance okay, step of Balaba this is, is what I will me. Say. This is what I will say, because I don't know if everyone has gotten di- has consumed this piece of media, so maybe you don't know. This member was almost, this character, this Jedi, was almost on the uh, Jedi Council, but refused the position. Qui-Gon! Yes. <laughs> no, oh, Qui- Qui-Gon! Okay, wait, okay, wait, but like, that's kind of Dilphi. Um, I can I actually kind of get behind it. that. That's actually a good, a pretty good casting okay, for yeah, young he's... Qui-Gon. I like the idea of old, like, regular, like, Phantom Menace age Qui-Gon. Being like, 60-year-old Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, for wait, then who does Mads Mikkelsen play? Dooku. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> idea. No, he's, he's, um. Stop. Oh, my God. All right, are you ready for the next one? Oh, okay. Actually, though, Mads Mikkelsen and Hugh is as no. <laughs> I was okay. gonna say Demis as Dooku and Saipo Diaz just because I think it would be Wait, funny. That does I, work. I will say though, I will say, uh, I actually think I would deeply enjoy um, Mads Mikkelsen as Count Dooku. I do okay, think yeah, that would that actually would be actually, really powerful. Hmm. I think it'd be very fun. I think it's very fun, especially because Mads Mikkelsen, someone who has already been in a Star Wars, did not see the Star Wars movie he was in. That's so powerful. No, he's so valid for Very that, though. Very powerful. He said, actually, mm, I'm good. Like, and I thought you were saying you'd never seen Rogue One, and I was like, I know that that is not true. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hello, that's, like, my favorite Star Wars movie. Anyways. That's why I was so confused. Are you ready for the next one? Uh... Yes. Okay. Mandy Patinkin, Woody Harrelson, and Jeff Goldblum. Woody Harrelson has already been in a Star Wars movie. Okay, yep. is this a character who already... Who, is this a character who has yes. been in live action? Yes. Wait, are these okay. are these three casts for the same character? Yes. Or are these th- okay? Um, is this character what era is this character in? Prequels. Is it a Jedi? Yes. Well. Hmm. Anakin Skywalker. No. Wait. Have they been in the Clone Wars like cartoon too? Yes. Maul. No. Ventress. No. It's not Ventress. It's neither of the ones you know. Force named. user? Yes. They're a Jedi. Yeah, it's a Jedi. Is it Barris? No. Some were a Jedi but aren't anymore. Jeff Hal- Woody Harrelson. Okay, no, no, is no, 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 no. Pause. Pause. Woody Harrelson, Mandy fucking Patankin, and fucking Jeff Goldblum as Barris Offy. <laughs> Is that okay. what you're telling me? I Wait, said it to be wait, funny, Palpatine. but now I'm doubling down. Palpatine. That would be very no. funny. Palpatine is not a Jedi. No, it's a Jedi. Is well, but Mel, but Mel said it's a Jedi, Jedi well. 
Yeah, Jedi Did this person leave the leave the order. Maybe. Perhaps. Is it Ahsoka? No. Quinlan Vos? Is it Quinlan? No. no. Is it Dooku? Yes. <gasps> no, Woody Harrelson is Dooku. Goldblum is Goldblum is Dooku. Dooku I'm so like, sorry. Oh my god. Obi Wan. <laughs> Literally, this I was like. If you don't just join me, this wouldn't be happening right now. I do <laughs> like the idea of Jeff Goldblum taking his like um, Grandmaster persona from Thor Ragnarok and doing that as his Count Dooku impression. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, but is that scene from Thor Ragnarok where Ch- Thor is in the chair and he's walking next to him? Is that not the exact same scene as Attack of the Clones where Dooku is talking to Obi-Wan? I yeah, love that. Yeah, it is. I'll do this as the last one as a little treat. The Rock. <laughs> the, the Rock. rock. You I, all said something at the same time. I have no idea. What uh, is this said. still in like prequels era or what era is no, this? No, this is in the time Ooh. between the prequels and the originals. Quizzy. I would like to say no. Thrawn. No. Dinjarin. No. The idea of Thrawn as no. The Rock is very funny. <laughs> no, Dinjarin was not in between the prequels and the originals. Dinjarin is oh, after sorry. the originals. I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong era. Sorry, mm, Bestie. Okay. So, so, okay. So this is a... Is this like closer to the Rebels time period? Yes. Is this a character? Kanan Jarrus. Is it? Yes, it is a character from Rebels. Is it? No, it's not Kanan. Ben yes, Rao? It is, it is I was Zeb about Rally. to ask Zeb. Not Masat the Rock. I hate you. I hate you so much. So who's Callus in this scenario? I don't know. Vin um, Diesel, obviously. <laughs> Shut up. No. Hate you. Anyway, I, mean, I would like, like yeah, to pause it though. Died on, my family died on Lasan and and Callus turning into Dom Toretto being like your family. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that the Rock playing a, a Lasat character is very funny. I would like to pause it, however, that they then only use the Rock for every other Lasat character because this is how the Rock as Jaro Tapal can still win. No, because now I'm just thinking about the terrible CGI. Um, the Rock as a uh, you know Scorpion King. So I, I can't. Get him out of here. Sorry, I, I just watched The Rock in that Jungle Cruise clip where they had the uh, Disney's first gay character come out to him. So this is a laugh for me to handle right now. Disney's 14th first gay character has come out this week. Okay, so now we are going to do a couple Q&As that people have sent to us on TikTok. Let me go ahead and pull them up. So I have two for you guys today. The first one is from TikTok user Sage Sindula. They ask, what nicknames would Sid give to each of the pod hosts? We know that Sid has nicknames for all of the members of the Bad Batch, apparently, except for Echo. I, I can go first because I, I have thought about this. Um, I do think that Sid would call me Kami. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, sitting there like... Like in their CIA era? Yeah. I mean, no, it could be like comrade. It could be like bestie, <laughs> like like, comrade. Co- like solidarity. But I th- was thinking about Comrade I was, Mel. I was just thinking about like defining features about me, and I was like, okay, I have glasses, so sorry, tech, like you've already taken that. No no repeatsies. Um, and I was like, okay, there are only a few other defining features about me, and I'm like, I don't want Sid to call me a slur. So how about <laughs> Instead, there's something very also apparent about me, and it's my political opinions. I do like the idea of Sid not even, because most of her nicknames are based on, like, just a first glance. So I like the idea of her immediately clocking you and not even, at, like, talking to you first. 
that's powerful. It was either that or like huge tits. So <laughs> not huge tits. Oh no. Sid just he looks at Mel and is like, hi jugs. <laughs> hey double D's. So in terms of, of names, um, I don't entirely know what Sid would nickname me because now I'm going through the Mel criteria. I also don't want to want to have her call me a slur. Um I think fruit is a good idea for any of us, but specifically for me, I do also though, because Sid is is voiced. She's voiced by a Jewish woman, right? So I I do like the idea of her just calling me a problem in Hebrew. <laughs> I don't entirely know how to say this word. I think it's by yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just by yeah, which is just issue. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like that would work for me. Noah entering his issue era. So here's, I'm having a very similar problem to everyone of being like, what are my defining features? And I feel like my first thought was that Sid would be like, hey, nose ring, get over here. Cause that's- That actually does make sense. That's very on brand for her. I mean, I I do have two. So it would make sense for her to say that. Seeing as four of our hosts have glasses and I am the only one that does not, I, I do like the idea that Sid fully sees a pair of glasses and is like, oh, that's just tech. Like she refers to all four of you as goggles because she's like, tech wears that's glasses. That's hateful. That's They're hateful to me. Person. I, I, I hate that. She has face blindness? I do think it would be funny if she has, for people with glasses, she just has different words for glasses for everyone who has glasses because they're so rare in the Star Wars universe. Specs. That would be very funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. specs, specs uh, goggles. <laughs> what about you, Claudia? Me? Oh, she definitely called me like data pad because I'd always be on my phone. Um she said, okay, iPhone baby. <laughs> yeah, iPhone I'm not baby. iPad baby Claudia. <laughs> yeah, like Omega is already that, but like I think like whatever, like, you know, whatever she like the equivalent of like texting or whatever, like it, I think she just called me like data pad or something like that. It it would always be like these kids are always on their fucking phones. Um I it think does. it would be that. Sid does have the energy of someone who said, ah, you kids are always on your phones. Not Boomer Sid. The intersection between queer elder and Boomer is Sid. I'm also having that problem of what are my defining features? And the only thing I could um, think of as a nickname is is mess because my life is a mess. So, haha. Also rhymes with Jess. So, teehee. I do like the idea of her just calling you Jess. And just being like, you are yeah. too cool to have a nickname. <laughs> That's that nice. Like... Have we considered that maybe Sid does just call Echo Echo because she's like, I was you're just the about one... to say that actually. I was like, wait a <laughs> yeah, minute, maybe just like... for Echo. She's like, no, I just like you. She's like, you're the only bitch in this house I respect. And she just doesn't give him a nickname because she's like, he looks like he's going through a lot. There has to be at least one person where she just either hasn't learned their name or doesn't want to bother where she's always just like hey you that's like echo, I, I think I, that's I, the echo and the jess of our the, the... no jess oh i think echo is like stored so... in the jess <laughs> i was i was gonna say oh well noah is noah is our echo in the promo video that we first did years ago but maybe maybe it needs to shift and you are that noah is wrecker and jess is echo I mean, I, no, I do literally have the Wrecker has... helmet, actually, yeah. so, um... Evolution. Hey, you know what's really funny? You can cut this, because it is a visual, but I do have a bandana. <laughs> Not a bandana, but I do have, like, a sweatband thing I found. <laughs> so... And I, like Crosshair, have a huge hole in the side of my head. 
Anyways. <laughs> so the next question that I have for you all is, if you could marry slash crip one Star Wars character and only one, who would it be? Um, this comes from CT5s with a Z on TikTok. So I actually have an answer for this, uh, prepared actually. Uh, and, and okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. Um, it is actually a, a little, a little, um, it's not my normal answer. Uh, I actually would probably choose to, if I only, if I could only marry one character from all of Star Wars and pretend that I'm living in a fix-it AU and not the regular canon, I would pick Jango Fett. Uh, genuinely, yeah. he's a very good person. He is very is sexy to me. I mean, he's a good dad, which I can appreciate. And he lives by a moral code that I can, I mean, he's a bounty hunter. They're all like that. If you're gonna say you're gonna marry Fennec Shan, it's the same as marrying Jango Fett. Like, but like, he's involved in his community. Uh, he's a good father. He has great hobbies. He has a car. Like, and I think he's very nice. Like, I think I would enjoy hanging out with him. I do like you. I do like the concept of you as Boba Fett's stepdad. That's very powerful. That's driving me insane. The idea of like, you driving you driving Boba Fett to soccer practice. Jess just, just made a face. No, because listen, here's the thing. I don't want children for a lot of reasons. However, uh, I would be totally okay being grandfathered into being Boba Fett's stepdad. First of all, on the off chance that Django does die, and if we're going by regular canon, Boba is not abandoned for the rest of his life, which is a nice touch. I don't know. I just feel like I would like being married to Django Fett. Is it possible that I just really like Tamawara Morrison? Yes. But I also do really like the character of Django Fett, and I think he'd be nice, and I would enjoy his company very much. I feel like I could hang out with him. People who know me, they know my answer would normally be Maul or Din Djarin. However, that is not my answer. There is my the answer. idea of you being perma-married to Darth fucking Maul? is so insanely funny no, to me. I think it's, it's powerful, though. That's the not my answer. The alternative is the Claudia the Sweet Girl, which is also very funny. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the Sweet answer. Girl Claudia. Not my answer, please. I hate it here. That's not my answer. My answer is Padme for this reason. Um, Number one, she is pretty. Number two, um, I am simply built different um and then she would avoid anakin um so she would live um number three she like she has a um, unlike most star wars characters she like doesn't live in a dump like she <laughs> she has she no, has an it. apartment she like stuff it's like how jango fett has a car she has a house yeah, like, she and has, she has to be clear, Jango believe... Fett technically has like a motorhome. <laughs> no, I, I can't believe Claudius decanonizing the the OG trilogy because because Padme yeah. must have Luke and Leia. Again, I'm going by the Jess logic of like you know uh, gold digging. Um, but I but also like she deserves better. Um, and also it could also be like Anakin goes to the dark side, but this time she lives. So I do, I would do have the children. I am also like Noah. I do not want children. That being said i can be grandfathered into this situation 
Um, there are – I could have had many other answers to this question that did involve a polycule. Like, yeah, I would de- – Kanan and Hera, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind, it was Hera. Uh, it was Hera. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was a was... fucking Freudian flip if ever I've seen one. <laughs> Your brain was like, I'm going to betray her right now. <laughs> it was Padme. Um, yeah, so. But was it? Because I, I, I it did... sounds like it might have been Hera. <laughs> no, but in the same vein, I did for a second think Bail Organa, but then I was like, then I would have to enter the polycule again, so. I do hate that my my legacy on this podcast is being a homewrecker slash gold digger. Yeah, see, I had that uh, dilemma of thinking about like who who do I love the most in Star Wars. Uh, I think a bunch of you might assume that my answer would be uh, Cody for the first choice, but it is not Cody. Cody was actually the furthest thing from my mind when I was thinking about this. Sorry. If you could hear the crinkle of my water bottle. Um, my like two options that I was uh, debating with was one is Eli Vanto. Uh, the other was Boba Fett. And I, I do love both these characters so much. <laughs> Are you going to become my stepchild? No. <laughs> no. Or stepchild in law. Fuck, I forget how this title hey. works. So the thing was like I um I love Eli Vanto a lot. I do think that Eli Vanto and I could be um friends because Eli Vanto is just um uh some some guy. Uh, shout out to Star Wars English class for teaching me about that that trope. Um, uh, but I had a ter- interpreted the question with the like Mary slash Criff as like both those things, and I was like I don't want to Criff Eli Vanto though. I'm not actually like sexually attracted to Eli Vanto I just kind of want to be Eli Vanto and be besties with Eli Vanto so I'm just like hmm I don't know if I would be down with like Boba's like life as a a crime lord even though I have like said in the past like hey I'd like to (laughs) hang out with Boba in Tatooine that was like my dilemma between uh these two these two men and I think after like saying it aloud to you all I am gonna go with uh Eli Vanto sorry Thrawn uh your man is my man now and uh I'm gonna go hang out and be besties forever with um Eli in the Chista Sendi <laughs> I love the Chista I... Sendi super fun <laughs> I am Welcome feeling to insane I, tonight in this chilling I, I spot, do yeah. that's what I do love the idea of, of, of yeah I just love the Ascendi our, yeah, our Eli and is I are... like I thought that Thrawn like sent his like kind of boyfriend and Jess is like you thought wrong I am here yeah I have stolen Eli from Thrawn like Thrawn thinks he sent Eli to the Chiss Ascendancy but I intercepted and took Eli Jess canonically outmaneuvers Thrawn knee-jerk reaction Harrison Dula um like I I have no fear of of saying sorry Kanan actually I imagine a scenario wherein um this is post-Rebels so I, I, here's the thing, would willingly become Jason Sindula's step-parent um, as someone who does want children. I'm like, okay, this is, this is fine. That is who I would marry. So on this, on the talk of being a parent and having many children, um, 
this is a character who I have been deeply in love with since before I knew that that was that you were allowed to have a crush on women. Um, and that is one Shakti. Um, and here's the you're thing. so valid for that, actually. I think, I think with Shakti, she all of the clones are like her children. Not so you adopting like, the entire Republic army. So that's no. the thing. I think Shakti is so beautiful. She's very fun. She just seems very compassionate. And maybe if I was there, I could have been like, girl, let's let's be a little bit less trusting of the Kaminoans and figure out what's going on with fives before everything goes to shit. Oh, he saves so, lives with Shakti. Yeah. Oh my so god. So I'm, I'm just saying uh, that technically save fives. If you marry Shakti and are the surrogate parent to all of the clones, and I marry Django, who is the biological father of all the clones. This is going to be a really we interesting have to hang out. reunion. We have to hang out at Parents' parent Weekend. Trap. I do like the two of us being like the odd ones out at this at this family reunion. I, like I, I would also clones. like to say that somehow this episode just turned into the hosts of RuPaul's Padres get locked into parenting. Like that's basically what has happened. Yeah. I love that for us. Accidental child acquisition. Speaking of that. That is what Star Wars is about, to be fair. Yes. Um, also, I would like to get into Name That Ship. Uh, basically, one of our hosts brings a fan fiction with either just like an interesting set of tags that tell a story or an interesting ship. Um, this week, I'm kind of going off the beaten path, um, but it is something I really think we need to talk about. Um, so are you ready? So I'm not going to say all the tags because two of them really do give it away. Uh, but the first tag is Post Order 66, Star Wars. Corky Kreese is a Kenobi. Hopeful ending, found family, ambiguity, space road trips. Is that it? Yep. Also followed by Julia, Julia Christine 77, did send me this fic, and it's very important to me that you all know that. So it's not a ship. Oh, there is a ship in there. Oh. Does this ship involve Corky or no? He's no, just a side character. Is Corky it a hetero ship? No, it is not. Um, is one of the characters Obi-Wan? Yes, it is. Is this is a Cody Wan fic. Yes, it is. <gasps> oh my god, so, wait. So, so here's, this is so cute. I need to know more about this. That is exactly why I had to bring it to this fucking podcast because it's it, it was written for Cody Wan week, which is like this week. Um, or was last week? It just ended. It just ended. But I really was like, I have to bring this because the power, the concept is so powerful. This is what happens. It is a fic called Rebellions and Jedi, but so- uh, by Soft but Gremlin. Um, and the summary is Purge Trooper-, Trooper Cody was one of the best when it came down to tracking Jedi. And this time he had an irresistible trap laid out for one Jedi in particular. What, ha- uh, what he got was something he wasn't expecting at all. And so basically it is about Purge Trooper Cody who runs into Corky. Corky de-chips him and then they become rebels together and then accidentally like not adopt a child but like they like help a child and then they run um but they run into uh Obi-Wan and so Corky finds out that his dad and his dad is a Obi-Wan and b is definitely fucking Cody and he's like word the perfect use of that audio that's like my dad was gay but yeah i just thought it was such a powerful concept and i was like i read it right before we started the uh, recording and i was like i have to people need to know about this the people deserve no that's actually so adorable though i love everything about that thank you thank you for bringing that to us cody helmet also appreciates it 
This uh, may have been like the first fic that we've had that wasn't like an absolute dive into nightmare territory. Okay, that was just nice. The wolf slash feral one is actually kind of this bad. is true. <laughs> actually, yeah, that no. actually was not terrible. There is a sub a subplot where Sinker does become the Mandalore. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> apparently, it is not extremely important to the story. It does just happen. I love that for Sinker. Good job. Um, I just think sometimes we need to bring fix to this that are not like, oh my god, but like, oh, like, oh. Yeah. The way I have been trying to find a good wholesome fic to like catch you all off guard, okay? Just wait for it. I'll find it eventually. So I have one. This is rated teen and up. The characters, it's the character A, character B. Darth Vader mentioned the tags are forbidden love, miscommunication, hurt comfort, the fascist and the unproblematic king fall in love. I hate it here. Character A is gay because I say so. Character B is completely out of character in this, but at least he isn't propaganda. Hopefully this fanfiction does not manifest <laughs> gay character B. Not because I wouldn't love that, but because we know Star Wars would be homophobic about it. Anyway, irrelevant. But character B slash different character who's not in this fic writes crack. Does this involve crosshair? It does not involve crosshair. Did I hear the fascist and the unproblematic king fall in love? Yes, you did. So, so what the, era is this? Is the fascist Tarkin? It is Tarkin. <laughs> This was sent to Whoever the unproblematic king is, I'm so sorry. Bail Organa? It is not Bail Organa. Is it Orson Krennic? (laughs) Orson Krennic is super problematic. What are you talking about? I know. I know. That was a fucking joke. I honestly did say that just to see how Jess would react to me mentioning Orson Krennic. As the resident Orson Krennic stan of the the podcast, he is problematic. Don't. Is it a clone? It is not a clone. Are they force sensitive? However, however, you remember when I said character who is not at all related to this slash character B? They are a clone. The Obi Wan is not Obi Wan. I will say this is post. Um, I believe this is probably around the Rebels timeline, maybe a little before. Kanan Jer? <laughs> it's not Kanan. I'm going insane. How this many? Person. Wait, okay. <laughs> no, I don't even know where to go from here. So it's not a. It's it's a. It is. Is it a Jedi? No, it is not a Jedi. It's, it's not a Force user. I will give you a hint. They're not a Force user. They are much more into, like, this character does appear in a movie. This character is in live action. Cassie is it and Saw? It is Saw Carrera slash No! <gasps> are you kidding me? Wait, 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 wait. That's this a hate is Tarkin slash Saw Gerrera, yeah. and that tag that was like, I hope this doesn't manifest gay, gay Saw Gerrera. <laughs> Because Star Wars would be homophobic about it. I can't fucking do this. Um, also, this girl, get out of here. This actually does free, bring me free to my the, girl Sagarera. This does bring me to the who sent it to me. Um, because the tag that said anyway irrelevant, but saw slash clone is saw slash Rex, and this was sent to me. Yes. By, um, I don't understand underscore art to Rem, on TikTok. Rem, hey bestie. Jail. <laughs> resident um rexaw stan who has written like i believe the vast majority of fix in the rexaw tag 
um, who is an icon. But I can't fucking do this. <laughs> I did not want to say their name at the beginning because everyone would know it was Sagarera. I yeah, um. So anyway, Tarkin slash Sagarera was not something that I wanted to see, but you're welcome. That's a hate crime. I hate, hate that. I have a little baby one, and it's just tasteful. Okay. Much more tasteful than <laughs> Tarkin. That just. I don't know if you saw my reaction, but like yeah, I no. physically like. Yeah, um, for for our listeners, um, Mel went through like a full body shock during that. That's why they didn't really speak. Um, the one I I would like to to, to the second one though I would like to say might be one of my favorite things that I've ever found while searching for for something. Are you all ready for this? Yee. It's called the Rubicon. The tags are friends to enemies, enemies to lovers. Lesbian character. Boba Fett and character B friendship. Character study. Space pirates. Betrayal. Childhood friends. Alternate universe canon divergent. Uh, trans character B. Unresolved emotional tension. POV alternating. So Fennec Shand. Yes. Gotta be one of them. Yes. Character B is Fennec Shand. So this is trans Fennec Shand. That is nice. very powerful. Wait, I, I kind of love that. That's a whole moment. So the other character is a woman. Yes. What era is this? Um, so this is a little bit of an AU, just so like their ages kind of more match up. Um, it's not like that big of an age difference, if I will be completely honest. Um, like in canon itself. So this character is in the times in between the prequels and the original trilogy. That is where they're introduced. They're in a movie. Is it Jin Erso? No, it is not. Yeah, I was gonna be like, is this a is character from Rogue One? Kira. No, it's not. No, it is not. Is it? It's not from Rogue One. Nope. Is she a main so... character? Kind of. Enfys Nest. Yes. <gasps> that was like That's so fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. Also, this is written by one of my favorite authors on Ao3, and it is just—it's good. It's just like the AU uh-huh. works, so they like are raised together, and it's just. That's powerful. That's also, I really, really want to see Enfys Nest and her mom and her rebel cell in, in the Bad Batch. Please, God, mother fuck, Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, um, love, love my favorite religious figure, mother of fuck, Christ. Leave me alone. I just wanted to bring some things that did not feel like we were getting actively hurt for once. It didn't feel like poison. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. Episodes normally drop on Sundays, so thanks for bearing with us this week because we had some scheduling conflicts. But for updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on all social media at RuPaul's Pod Race. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And occasionally we have, we've actually been going live on TikTok, so be on the lookout for us. If you really love our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it as your podcaster. And huge shout out to Ravioli Jesus and the B stands for Bastard for leaving reviews for us. And as the Bad Batch comes to a close, we'd love to hear from you what you want to see from us between the ending of the Bad Batch and the beginning of the Book of Boba Fett. We have some ideas for content, but we'd love to hear from you guys what you want to hear us talk about. So send us a a question in our TikTok Q&A, tweet at us, DM us on Instagram, etc. Or send us an email at roofhelpspodrace at gmail.com. May the force be with you and don't crimp it up. Waka waka. (laughs) Waka waka.